Hello and welcome to Watch the Throne. What a lovely day. This is episode 15, Sweet November from 2001. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Mike Manzi. And Mike, before I introduce our guests, I have to say that I just looked up when we covered Sweet November for Keanu Club. Okay. And weirdly enough, one year ago tomorrow, the no episode came way. out. So February 10th of last year... The episode was released. We probably recorded wow. just over a year ago. Amazing. But yeah, we are back here for the fourth time talking about a Charlize Keanu movie. Yeah, we have to just, we're going to rename February, November. <laughs> the November is all I know, Mike. So with us today, we have two experts. We have a hot dog expert and we have a Keanu <laughs> expert. I will introduce our hot dog expert first. She was on the Dream to Believe flying episode of Keanu Club. Hot dogs immortalized in our heart. Uh, she was also on the celebrity episode of Watch the Throne. Jordan Pullen Clark. Hello, Jordan. Hello. I am the resident hot dog expert. Hot dog expert 2018. <laughs> we finally get you on for the hot dog, mm. hot diggity dog, this Dr. Is, dog yeah, episode. The so. hot dog episode. Crazy. I watched, and we can talk about it a little more later, but I watched the hot dog scene at least three times. Some may say it's the best part of the movie. It is. Our other guest today, we have her on. She is our resident Keanu historian. The person, aside from me and Mike, that I think has seen, or she might have seen more Keanu than us in terms of like interviews and stuff. Who knows? She's also fresh off seeing Reeves Illusion at the Alamo Draft yeah. House. Darcy DeBose. Hello, Darcy. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Sure. Thank you for being here. Now, we talked to Greg McLennan. He was on our Cage Club episode of Mom and Dad. Oh, nice. Which we barely talked about the movie, but we <laughs> talked about Keanu Reeves a lot. That was recorded a couple nights before Reeves Illusion. Yeah. Would not divulge. We tried to crack him. Would not. He would not tell us. He was tight-lipped. Yeah. But you guys saw five movies. I, I remembered them. I re- saw them on Twitter. But can you run them down? Which five Keanu movies? Do you remember the order? Oh, yeah, totally. So we started with Speed. Then Great. we went into some Devil's Advocate. Great. Constantine, keeping with the oh, double the great. double theme. And then we yep. had um, our special guest, uh, Mr. Alex Winter, phoned in. Yes. And mm-hmm. he chose his favorite, Bill and Ted, which happened to be Bogus Journey. So there's more yes, sort the of... the correct one. Exactly. There was Stay- a little bit more yeah <laughs> so we did that and then we watched how many is that four yep. and then they ended at point break but Great. the last like 20 minutes the film broke so oh. i'm not we ended up leaving and i'm not sure how that played out that is a bummer but that's an amazing day i in uh draft house theaters down in austin i saw all three matrix films on 35 millimeter they showed them back to back to back one day so i saw that and i also saw a surf band play a live score for Point Break at the Ritz Mm. and that was one of the best movie experiences I've ever had. It's this uh, band from Pennsylvania somewhere and they just play basically an hour's worth of live music over the movie and it's so good and every time Lori Petty's on screen they drop disco balls like these (laughs) disco balls like light up the room like it's like this really romantic (laughs) love story even though Mm -hmm. as we know on from Keanu Club and from the Golden Hot Dogs the true love story of that movie is not Keanu and Lori Petty, but Keanu and Patrick Swayze. So. True. Obviously. Yes. So overall, if you had to give a quick, like a, a one-tweet review of Reeves Illusion, I guess this is the first one. I think they mm-hmm. might do another one next year. Who knows? What would you say your review of Reeves Illusion is? I mean, I would sit in the theater for 10 hours again and watch any other, any <laughs> additional five Keanu movies. It was great. It was awesome. And he and Greg was a great host, too. He was really funny. Greg's great. Yeah, it was great. I also like that. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but I like that he didn't use any of the Matrix movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he goes back to the well, 
he can go to Man of Tai Chi, which is great, that Keanu directed. So there's lots of room for another one. I don't know how many more he could do. Like, they did Caged mm. 4. Yeah. So I don't know if you could do four Keanu ones and not want to sort of kill yourself. But... <laughs> You know they're they're out there, and I think this was a really killer way to start things off. Totally. And you got to find them on 35 millimeter too, so they got to be on film. So yep. he's you know that's also a factor. But anyway, we are here not explicitly to talk about Keanu Reeves. We are here to talk about Charlize Theron in Sweet November, a movie that I did not like very much for Keanu Club. Once again, did not like very much here. I'm going to throw out there that I think this might be, it could be seen as an origin story for a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like the end of the line for one of them. Like it's the origin of an, it's the end of one and the origin Mm -hmm. of another. Totally. Like I was thinking, Mike, when we did our recasting of the Cage Club Podcast Network for the Batman universe, and we cast Keanu and either the Joker or the Riddler. <laughs> like I think here, when Charlize walks away from him at the end of the movie, like he's gonna snap and go to Gotham and just start like messing with Batman. Like he is. <laughs> oh, okay. That movie I would watch. Yes. No. It's yes. Absolutely. <laughs> the grand romantic gesture in this is that he ruins Thanksgiving for eight <laughs> people <laughs> yeah. because just, like... he wants to give his girlfriend a dishwasher and and no and not even on top of that she's glad that he did it we're supposed to believe that she this is a grand romantic gesture and we're supposed to be happy about it i mean honestly i was just looking at that table with all that food and i'm like there's no way you guys are gonna want to go get chinese there's no way (laughs) they're so all okay with it i don't understand why he couldn't just let them stay like, right. it would have even been a bigger gesture. Right. Because he's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The weirdest thing is, though, between gifts 11 and 12, oh, man. there's a time elapse of hours, probably, <laughs> while he gets fitted into tuxedo. Dude. They travel off-site you know to a what? club. Right. They're all there still. You can have them be there. It's a family guy joke that they show, you know, where it's like, no talking until we get there. And then they're in the tuxedo shop and it's like, no talking until we get there, you know? And it's like, (laughs) we're at the club and it's like, no talking until I'm on stage. Like, it's insane. Every part of this movie was upsetting and they were the least believable people ever. And I know that movie people are not supposed to be believable and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I can get on board with that if you do a good job. But they were just like so flat and the the acting was terrible. They're both good actors. What happened? I agree. And I think that if not for Charlize, she carried this movie. Keanu was dead weight. That could have been anybody else in that role. Charlize carried the whole movie. Well, so Charlize is a level of manic pixie dream girl in this movie that, Mike, we have yes. not seen since Trial and Error. Like, this is... She <laughs> is made me mad. the kookiest, craziest, gifting but puppies. But she's... No, no, no. But she's not even. They want us to think that she is because that's how they frame her and that's how he keeps looking at her and that's how everybody keeps talking about her. But she's not really kooky at all. She's just crazy. Right? She just like runs with her dogs on the beach. Like, I don't know. I also feel like she's very like hypocritical, where she won't open up, and her whole plan is to get him to open yeah. up and stuff. And it's like she's playing the ideal, whatever Keanu Wamanic pixie ideal version of herself. But deep down, like it's all a facade. Like she's just yeah. like that's how it comes across to me is like a one big trick. Yeah. Yeah. And so and like I kind of turn on he her. Is. Yeah. Like, well, I think so too. Like. Like, we look at him, and obviously he's set up to be a real dick, you know? Yeah. 
Like, that's clear. We're beat over the head with that. He's, He's a very madman, right? Like, yeah. extremely <laughs> But, like, mad now, man. so it's, like, totally not cool because it's, like, mom. Yes. Definitely yeah. can't act like that now. But she's just as bad, although secretly. She constantly doesn't communicate with him. She constantly, like, tries to bring him into her world and then is mad when he actually wants to be there for her. She just does a bunch of shit to him that's not cool at all all and she's the one who started it he never asked for any of this (laughs) well first i'm gonna say that in comparison to every other man well no 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 i'm sorry to the other ad men in this movie he's like a fully developed or fully realized three-dimensional character the vince character's like i don't need to remember her name as long as i pick up the check you know what i mean you know what i mean like wink wink nudge nudge or the guy who offers him the job like compared to those guys Mm -hmm. Yeah, Frank Langella. Compared to those guys, like, Keanu is, like, this nuanced character. But compared to, like, anybody else, compared to, you know, Chaz Cherry downstairs, like, he's a cardboard cutout. Like, it's it's weird how little they give him to work with. And I'm like, oh, it's totally okay. But then, yeah. Jordan, you're right, too, about, like, Charlize is just, like, so closed off. What's amazing to me is that for this two-hour movie... She does not show symptoms of being sick until 70 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Like, there is no hint at all that something is wrong, that she's sick, that she's dying, that she has cancer, until the back half of the movie. Like, if we... And I, don't, I honestly don't remember a single thing we said on this Keanu Club episode, so, like, if we rehash points, I apologize. If you're listening to that and you listen to this, like, thank you, but I am sorry. <laughs> I don't know if we said on that one, but, like, if you set up... Like, if this movie's from her perspective and she's sick, and we know she's sick from the beginning, or maybe it's from his perspective, we know she's sick from the beginning, then maybe it sort of, like, isn't as bad of a twist. But the fact that, like, she's sort of this, this, like, characterizes, like, this kooky girl who, like, dates guys for a month and then dumps them, I wonder why, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, she's dying, it's meant to make you cry, and there's no other reason for it, right? Like, it's only there to make you sad. Yeah, it feels kind of, to me, uh, like an afterthought, like they were writing this romantic comedy and they were sort of, like, backed into a corner with one of their characters, with, with her character, and was like, well, what are we gonna do to her, like, what are we gonna come up with? And it's like, uh, she's sick, she's got cancer, like, you know, like, that's what the rest of the movie's gonna be dealing with from now on. It just doesn't mesh. It does feel kind of like they're trying to make a different movie and then all of a sudden it became like super dark and serious towards the end and it's like, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't fit to me. I also don't remember exactly what we brought up last time, but (laughs) I'll probably have the same complaint. So I'm just going to like not reiterate myself as much unless the guests talk a little bit more this time. So I'll just keep yelling. (laughs) This movie is a remake from a movie from the 50s. I have not seen the first one, but I did look up the plot, and the plot points are, like, pretty much exactly the same. Interesting. Like, I tried to defend it a little bit in my head by being like, well, maybe they just didn't do a very good rewrite, and, like, this was, like, a 50s-style movie that, like, made sense then and doesn't make as much sense now, but, like, nobody Uh tried to fix it. They just remade it. Is it the same? Is It does have the same title? It does have the same title. We looked it up, and I think... The ending is different. Like, I think oh, really? the... I don't remember... I should have done literally any research. But I think the original one, she might get better or something? Yeah, I think I was or just... she dies. It was... It's, I, <laughs> I think I just remember it probably playing better than because, like, it was an earlier version of all of this, the, the idea of 
dealing with cancer, I guess, on in a feature yeah. film, you know, was probably, or at least if they didn't say it by name, like heavily implying that that was what sh- the character had or something like that. So it would have felt really different to watch this same oh. movie sixty years ago. I looked what? it up. So this is what happened. We don't see her leave. She packs up November's bag, and a December comes in, and that's how the movie ends. So we don't. Like, oh. It's again the ambiguous. Oh. We don't know what happens to her because she does go off and like ostensibly dies which is par for the course because she's died in like half the things that she's been in so far yeah in the original movie it's it's like the keanu role that leaves as opposed to charlie's going to be with her sister or whatever i guess question mark so does the in the original do we know she's sick yes so charlie is the uh keanu role i guess sarah only has a little time left she lives as she does so that she will be remembered after she's gone Charlie tries hard to get her to break her self-imposed rule and believes he succeeded. She later admits to Alonzo, who I think is the downstairs guy, unlike all others, she's fallen for Charlie, but wants him to remember her as she is now. Thus, when December arrives, she secretly packed November's bag. Charlie reluctantly leaves, promising he will never forget her. So, she is sick. I don't know. I mean, she is, I guess, on death's door and doesn't want him to see her go through chemo, I guess. I don't know. But also in that 1968 version? Is that what it's from? Yeah. From 68, like... There's another guy after her, so, like, this guy is going to, like, remember her, like, really poorly. Like, it's just this weird, it's a weird version of the movie both times. That's so weird. And, I mean, I do, I get what you're saying. Like, I feel like it is very hypocritical, especially because she's going into it, like, I'm doing you this favor. All I want to do is fix you. But then the fact that it's, like, clearly for selfish reasons, like, she wants to experience these things before she dies, but doesn't let them know that it makes it i don't know it's very weird and i don't it's not honest <laughs> she's very not honest i also really don't like that so keanu meets chaz who is the best character in the whole movie totally hands down chaz cherry uh, right? chaz cherry yep. is the yeah. only believable character in a relationship in with lex luther um, smallville's lex luther yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cross-dresser he dresses up in drag and she doesn't warn Keanu that that's what's going to happen. She just, like, thinks it's adorable to surprise him with this person mm. who he's met once as a, like, typical yeah. man. And just be like, ha ha ha, isn't that funny? I didn't tell you. Like, that's actually not cool. No, it's like she's running some weird social experiment on him. Yeah. yeah like, that's that... mean. Just let him know what's up. That would have been a better reveal, Darcy, if she was like some kind of like running some kind of social experiment on guys yeah, and things, right? trying to figure him writing a book or something. Or had like a laboratory downstairs <laughs> and it's just like filled with charts and like pictures of all the months. Because she like, like gives away his clothes. Like, yeah. No warning. I mean, mails him a dog. Like, what? What? <laughs> I take it back, Mike. They're both sociopaths. Like, they're both mm-hmm. they are. insane. I can sort of defend everything she does in this movie in the way that, like, she wants him to live a carefree life. But on the other hand, every single thing she does is crazy. It's either a normal thing that's made out to be crazy, or it's a legitimately crazy thing like mailing a guy a dog with a key around its neck. Yeah, like a crazy thing that's, like, not fun. But where the whole thing right. is played up like it's fun. It's like a cute thing she does. Somehow it seemed, I think it worked. Somehow, for whatever happened, like Keanu's character seems to have become less of an asshole, I guess. I mean, the only thing that was weird is in her final speech is she's like, you know, I did this so that I could like 
live on through you, you know? Like, she's just, like, selfish. She's like, I will survive through your memory. And I'm just sitting there going, like, well, he's going to die one day, too. You're not going to live on, like, for eternity or anything in someone's memory. But it's just all sort of hitting me hard at the end. (laughs) You know what would have been cool is if, like, at the end, he goes down to Chas Sherry's apartment, and Chas Sherry's like, oh, no. She died years ago. That apartment's been empty. For <gasps> Dude, you yes! just fixed it. That would be a good movie. That would be that would be the fix. That would be it. Unbelievable. <laughs> I really don't like this like idea that like so she knows she's dying. She knows she doesn't have that long to live. The way that she wants to spend the last days of her life is by <laughs> fixing horrible men. Yeah, like teaching men <laughs> empathy. Like that sounds terrible. And fishing for them at the DMV. Yeah, like. I guess that's where you'd find the word. Maybe. I, don't I think she's fishing for them just wherever she goes. I think that's just like a coincidence. Like she met November there. Got I think it. that it like October maybe was at a grocery store or the post office. Or I can't imagine that she goes to DMV and then every 30 days gets kicked out. <laughs> like, all right, I'll be here on the first of the month next month. Like he, the teacher's like in on it. I don't. Even, I can't even understand why she's at the, needs her license if she walks everywhere or is gonna die in two yeah. months. Like, oh, the teacher was January. <laughs> oh, so I was also wondering. We know nothing about her backstory. We don't know how long she's been sick for. Probably a while. We don't know if she's been doing this only since she got diagnosed. Probably, but maybe not. But I really was wondering how many times she had to have one of these like reformed assholes proposed to her like probably every month right like probably yeah. every month somebody falls in love with her to the point where like marry me and she's like nope sorry but now it's different because it's Keanu like there's like mm-hmm. what does Keanu actually do to merit her being like I've never felt like this before nothing. like it feels like nothing I right mean, exactly it's just like bare minimum there's nothing special I mean it's Keanu but <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I just like how Darcy can't even say something bad without like <laughs> Having a disclaimer like, oh no, but like it's Keanu, so it's like it's kind it's kind of okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, that's why I'm here, right? He has this like flatness in general that like works really well in some roles and doesn't work at all in other roles. Mm-hmm. And it does not work here. But no. she has the same flatness in this. Like neither one mm. of them contributes anything to the other person or to anyone in this movie. Yeah, and Mike, I think this might be the first time or one of the first times where like she's not the best part of the movie. Like you're right, Jordan, it is Chaz Cherry or Darcy, whoever whoever said that, like we all agreed, like Chaz yeah. Cherry like outshines Charlize in this movie. Like she's crazy and colorful and kooky and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, for this actor who she's been in a movie with before, in real life is apparently close enough that they like they want to do some kind of like somewhat of like a John Wick atomic blonde type movie, whatever, crossover, something or other. Like they like each other. Mm-hmm. They maybe like Darcy. Weren't you saying that maybe they dated at one point too? Like, yeah. How do you have this little chemistry? I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I I think part of it is just how poorly written all of this is, and her character is that she's doing the freaking best that she damn well can. I mean, I think Keanu is too, to a degree. Like, there's nothing there for him either. It's just he's very one note, and it's mostly like. Uh, he's got like man rage he's like I can't do it I'm a man I don't know and then like she's sort of just stuck on crazy so like there's no baseline for her character or anything and so I just feel like she's doing the best she can here she's she's a great actress but like it is kind of interesting like not since I think Cider House Rules which was a much smaller role have I been like yeah this is tough this isn't really going over well like maybe they're just not the best pair 
for this material either. Maybe, I don't know, something something in there either. I mean, there's a lot of really good looking, like when they're in the bathtub together or whatever, yeah. like the Enya's playing and stuff and like, you know, like Which they time look the Enya's good. Playing? <laughs> yeah, the fifth time. They look great together. It's just something's off with the material. They're not, they're not connecting for me. Well, so if we keep Charlize, who do we recast hmm. Keanu as? I thought really hard about it, and I couldn't figure it out. Dang, that's a that's I yeah, I'm on the spot. This is 2001. I want to say Edward Norton, but I don't know why. But I feel like they're all kind of the same. Like I'm thinking, like Edward Norton, mm. or even like oh. Christian Bale, like Keanu, no. all that era. They no. all are just sort of like the same. You know what you go here? You go like Ben Stiller. Like this is this <laughs> is like, you know because it's right in the middle of like is it funny? Is it serious? And and all that. Yeah. And I, I really feel like he's got the neuroses that Keanu doesn't because uh, he's just too cool like Keanu's just yeah. too laid back and like rolls with stuff too well so I think Ben Stiller maybe I have both a Keanu question and a Charlize question go for it Jordan I'm gonna do my Keanu question first because I yep. think you all know much better than me can he actually sing does he sing in other stuff no he doesn't usually sing and I do not, not think he, he has <laughs> chops in this um I think we made fun <laughs> of his singing on the last time we talked about this movie yeah I mean it wasn't good but I was just curious I was like oh has this happened before he can play the bass but he That's right. I've never seen Dog him star. sing I yeah. always forget about Dogstar. I think Wild Stallions, and like they don't have a lead singer. I don't know if that... The princesses, is man. Uh, they're backup, I thought. Backup vocals. Hold on. So side note, sorry, while we're talking about Bill and Ted, there was a skater in the Olympics last night who skated to Dust in the Wind, and Kara <laughs> and I were talking to each other, and Kara and I were both like, Dust in the Wind, dude. And we're just like, mm-hmm. it was it was perfect. Okay, Jordan, Charlie's question. <laughs> um, okay, so the last Charlie's movie that I did with you guys was Celebrity. So there's been like a bunch of years between now and then. Three years. Yeah, a bunch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, okay, so wait, what movies happened in those, in that time period? You missed like six movies. She did four in 2000. That's a bunch of movies, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What observations can you make about like the way that she is cast in movies? Because I feel like this podcast is really different from you doing like a Nick Cage or a Keanu because like pretty quickly I feel like they are the leads of the movies because they're white and they're men. I would guess that she's not treated the same way. So like how does this feel different than doing those? So one thing that Mike and I have been talking about a lot, and this is actually something that I was going to bring up before, in a lot of these movies, by now, she's often the female lead, but mm-hmm. she's not at all equal screen time yeah. to her male counterpart. Yeah, female mm-hmm. lead does not mean equal lead at all. Right. right. Like, last week's movie was Legend of Bagger Vance, and on the cover, it's like the floating heads of Matt Damon, Will Smith, and Charlize. And Charlize mm-hmm. is kind of the star of the first 20 minutes, and then is in, like, two scenes the rest of the movie. And it's basically a golf movie with Matt Damon and Will Smith. This is the most, I think, she's been in a movie since, like, The Astronaut's Wife, Yep. where she was kind of she was actually like the lead of that like Johnny Depp's in that I was like, Mighty I Joe like Young after that the Mighty Joe Young was before that was okay, right before okay. Celebrity was Mighty Joe Young and then The Astronaut's Wife what did you say you like that movie is Astronaut's Wife the one where she like fills the um, apartment with water at the yes. end to kill him I like that movie I don't think it's, it's probably not a good movie but I like it it's terrible it looks terrible. great but what's coincidental to me about this movie and Astronaut's Wife is that's the only the second time, and this also, I think, answers Jordan's question in a little bit of a way. <laughs> it's only the second time in 15 movies 
that she's been a mother figure. Maybe also kind of Mighty Joe Young, but they're kind of like brother-sister in a weird way there. Yeah. Like, Astronaut's wife, she was, by the end of the movie, explicitly a mother. She was pregnant in that mm-hmm. movie. Yes. Here, she's not a mom, but she's a mother figure to that boy who, side note, I did oh. not catch it the first time, he goes up to Keanu and he's like, you can adopt me if you want. He's like, sorry, yeah. I can't do that, but I'll go I'll go to that thing on Sunday. And he's like, great, let me tell my mom. I was like, kid, you have a mom. Why do you want Keanu to adopt you? Because he's happy. Because he wants a dad. So I think that's another thing that, like, they're not casting her as a mother yet. I mean, now as we're recording this, Tully trailers are out, and Tully is like, she's like this overworked, not single mother, but like her husband's not home a lot, and like she's like the stay at home mom and like exhausted. We're gonna get to that point, but I think she's still kind of like the attractive lead or like the manic pixie dream girl. And I don't think that they've really figured out, like, they don't know yet that she's like an action star. They might know that she can carry a movie but they haven't really given her the opportunity to too often. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Like, that's the thing is she doesn't she doesn't carry these films, which is unfortunate. Like, this is the one after Astronaut's Wife where, like, she's in it the most. Like, you know, it's just like right. she's, like, a, as much a central character. Like, her and Keanu pretty much, for the most part, have, like, as close to equal screen time as, you know, you're going to get. But the movie is still very clearly about him. That's this is not yeah, a movie about yeah. right. Yeah, yep. and that's the issue. Is like for the most part, a lot of these films are just not from her character's point of view. I think that she gets probably the best of opportunities too. You know, I think that it goes not only for her looks and stuff, but like she's a great actor. Like she's really strong. Like she can really perform and hold her own against people. And as like a new actor at the time in these movies, she's in Men of Honor. She's up with De Niro you know, who's, like, killing it in that movie. Also, just just real quick, Mike, to keep yeah. in mind that aside from Children of the Corn 3, where she was an extra, we're five years into her career. Yeah, we're still at the beginning. This is 20 years into Keanu's career. You know what I mean? So, like... But where were we at five years into Keanu's career, and where were we at five years into Cage's career? Well, Cage, Cage was right out of the gate. Like, Valley Girl was, like, yeah. two right. years in. He was like, yeah. Keanu, aside from Bill and Ted didn't really have a big movie until 90s. I mean, River's Edge was like the one that put him sort of on the radar to get Bill and Ted. And then from mm-hmm. there, My Own Private Idaho was like big in like the cult indie scene. And yes. that at the end of him filming My Own Private Idaho, he got cast in Point Break. So they kind of like domino affected all right in a row around the same time. He put in his dues a lot more than Cage or Charlize did. Like, it really Mm -hmm. took him seven or eight years and a lot of terrible high school movies to actually Mm. get into movies that people wanted to see. A lot of Canadian productions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and just to sort of speak on the point about just like uh, like the motherhood kind of stuff like I mean maybe it's just she's not getting offered those roles or she doesn't want to play those at the time like it's hard to say in that regard all we really have to go on is you know the movies that are produced and released and stuff so it has become like a uh, topic of discussion just about every episode though about like her place like in the industry. What movie comes after Sweet November for her? It's this movie 15 Minutes which I know nothing about which is another De Niro movie. But we are also two years away from Monster, so she's, like, sort Mm -hmm. of on the edge of about to win an Oscar. Yeah. But she's not there yet. But also, Jordan, to your point, is that we do, at the end of every episode, we talk about the awards that we want to give movies. I actually didn't even think about this. We're going to do this live on air today. What's sad, in a lot of ways, is that through 14 movies, we have no actresses nominated for best or worst 
non-Charlize actress role. Like, there's just hasn't been enough of a presence. Oh, because there probably aren't any other women in the movies that she's yeah. in. She's probably the only one. Actually, I was thinking about it, Mike, and like going all the way back to Two Days in the Valley, we have Terry Hatcher, who's actually... Like, Terry Hatcher might have the biggest female part in a movie that's not... That's crazy, because she's not yeah. in that movie a ton. Yeah, and she's running around in her underwear, too, which is, you know... Also that. <laughs> like, for no reason. It's like, what? And she's good in that movie, but she's not... It's not a huge part, so, like, we can't yeah. really nominate... Because, like, like, Erica Badu is in is is in Cider House Rules, but her role is minuscule, you know? And then you have yep. the ladies in Devil's Advocate, but even Keanu... You know, the, even those... Their, their presence isn't very strong, either. So, at least not as strong as Charlize. On the one hand, we can see, and we said we said most of this or all of this last week on last week's episode, but just to recap quickly, on the one hand, we can see that, like, the way that movies are, and this is not good, but this is just sort of the way that it is, like, when you have Charlize in that lead female role, if there's another actress in there, unless it's, like, an all-female cast for something, she's probably gonna be, like, this quirky best friend or something with, like, a small part. Like, there's, there's not a lot of movies where there's two strong female leads and so i think that if we were at this point in cage or keanu's career we would have more options i mean probably not a ton but we'd have more options for female roles just because he's not taking up that slot but at the same time like there's a lot of movies where there's like two guys like we're talking about men of honor with like kuba and de niro or last week with matt damon and will smith like there's you know if there's three leads in a movie at least so far in this and probably across most of hollywood it's probably two men and a woman and if Charlize is that woman, there's really not a spot for another significant female part, which is a bummer. It's a real bummer. It's, like, beyond bummer. And, like, we know that there's good stuff coming up, but, like, the, yeah. every mm-hmm. movie that we get to, we're just like, when are we going to get there? Like, in Monster, are we going to nominate someone? Like, you know, we were talking about Mad Max. Like, Mad Max is, like, this great movie. Like, there's obviously this great movie, and she's got this great role in it, but, like, all the women are strong, but, like, they, they don't really, like, the brides don't really talk. Like, the women that they go to in the desert, they don't have big roles like it's mostly yeah, there's not much yeah, of an identity not super developed right yeah. right yeah she's the only one with any identity to her really and the other one we talked about last week was uh in atomic blonde like sophia butella is good we might nominate her when we get there but like you know these big movies that charlie's is known for you know even like fate of the furious like fate of the furious which prides itself which i genuinely think is a pretty good example of a very diverse cast doesn't have a ton of women i mean maybe we'll cast Michelle Rodriguez or nominate Michelle Rodriguez as Letty. I feel like Fate of the Furious actually has a lot more women than some other movies simply sure. because no, yeah, yeah. Like, at least at least over the series too they've had at least two or three pretty strong women in every movie except all of them look the same. Well even even the guys look the same <laughs> to me I can't tell them apart sometimes. But that's also yeah. I mean first of all shout out Too Fast Too Forever number one go listen to that podcast but number two like that's also a really good example of like a franchise that's aside from the first movie entirely directed by people of color that Mm -hmm. is basically an immigrant culture like aside from paul walker who's the whitest of white boys like (laughs) vin diesel is not white as much as he's italian early on it's a very hispanic culture like the you know the Mm -hmm. tuners culture there's a lot of black characters you know they Mm -hmm. go down to miami like there's a lot of diversity there which is actually really really cool for like this multi multi billion dollar franchise yeah aside from a few movies like that and like atomic blonde like where are the women nowhere because that's how movies work they're coming yeah <laughs> they're getting there i mean this is also not that it's any better but like this is a representation of the year it was made too you know like this is back then i mean 
hopefully as we go along like and get down the line and closer to the year we're actually in we'll see a significant shift somehow somewhere and, i, I hope know. so i'm gonna ask again when we do fury road cool spoiler alert Good. for what you're gonna be on oh sorry spoiler right <laughs> but we'll have that, that'll be 14 years of her work mm-hmm. in between this and that so oh one thing i did note which is this is so weird on a few levels mike is that she turned down a role in pearl harbor to do this movie Pearl Harbor, which we would have covered for Ben Affleck, which Cuba went to do Pearl Harbor. Like, this movie keeps oh. coming up over and over again, but she was almost in that, but then she chose this. A movie that has, I think, a 27 on Metacritic and, like, a 19% of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's really but low, yeah. Never gonna watch it. it was li- and I remember saying this last time, it's listed in the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made in the huh. official Razzie movie guide. Maybe I will watch it one day. I don't know. I, I'm... No, 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 no. This movie. Not that movie. Not oh, that oh, movie. oh, this movie. <laughs> then never mind. No, yeah. You know what? This movie, like, around the hour mark, like, I snapped. Like, I kind of lost it. And it shifted from Sweet November to some sort of high-budget version of The Room to me. And <laughs> like, oh, no. it was in San Francisco. <laughs> Do you know what it has in common with The Room? They run in and out of doors a lot. <laughs> they spend not like a comical amount of time, but if you start paying attention, every fight that they have, one of them runs out the door and the other one runs after them, which is a thing yeah. that never happens in real life. And her door is apparently always open and people are just walking <laughs> in and out. Yep. Like Chaz walks in a bunch, the little kid walks in and like, you know, when she's vomiting <laughs> and like the worst cancer symptoms we see, the kid just shows up like, hey, ready to go with this father-son thing? Like, kid like knock or something like i don't know what's yeah. going on yeah and there's just like spontaneous sex scenes and you know there's this <laughs> dark-haired sex. man going after this blonde-haired lady and they're having troubles and stuff and yeah the little boy and it's, it's all kinds of weird he feels wow, betrayed the room. <laughs> <laughs> yes he feels betrayed <laughs> <laughs> I also like snapped by the end when I was just laughing at it a lot. Obviously, I love the hot dog scene and watch that a bunch of times and think it's funny every time. But at the end, when she is just like straight up sprinting away from him and he's sprinting after her. I laughed so hard. Like, was she just going to run to her sister's house? Where does she think she's going? I like when she sort of put the um, thing around his eyes. I was like, oh, that's like very Neo at one that's point. Yes, and, the, and the revolution. Yeah, yep. and, and thought it, I wrote that yep. down too. You know, I forgot, like, the beginning of this movie is so crazy that Keanu rolls out of bed naked and goes, like, just shouting about hot dogs. I forgot that it's <laughs> Lauren Graham in that opening scene. Yeah. And, like, Who does that mean to Lauren Graham? Come on. Well, also, I mean, the, the screenwriter is because the entire time she's either in her underwear or just <laughs> nagging him about her parents. Like, that's her only role in this movie. <laughs> so wasted. Okay, so let's talk about the hot dog scene, because I don't remember how much we talked about it with Melissa on the uh, Sweet November, on the Keanu Club episode. I don't know if I fully appreciated last time or just forgot how incredibly phallic all of that <laughs> especially the one of like the little girl eating a hot dog every time there's like a girl or like a woman in these posters the hot dog is like right near their mouth and it's like for this movie's rated pg-13 like this is probably on the cusp of like what they could get away with in a pg-13 movie jordan i just want you to go on a little bit of a take us down this hot dog journey please okay so I'm going to set it up a little bit because there's backstory you need to know about the hot dog presentation. He's a workaholic. 
we understand that right away when the movie starts. For some reason, everyone at his job is like, maybe you need to calm down. And he's like, no, I need to go harder with the hot dogs. Because that's the client they're trying to get, I guess. Diggity dog. So he's trying to get Diggity dog as the client. And they're like, no, 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 it's good. It's done. And he's like, no, we have to go farther. So they're at the presentation. He's got lots and lots of poster boards covered with cloths. And his friend is sitting there kind of smirking at him, waiting for it to start. (laughs) Clients around the table. I hope I get all the parts in right now when I explain this. I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. Great. Clients around the table. Most of them are men. Two of them are women. This matters later. So he starts the presentation and he's like, yeah, your hot dogs are boring. He like unveils the first two kind of poster boards you know, he's trying to spice up their hot dogs. One of them is a hot dog on a big old flame. Cool. Great. Your hot dog's hot. We get it. <laughs> next, the next one's like, what's the next one? Isn't there like a chart of like their business suck? <laughs> Probably. So these poster boards kind of escalate in hotness of the hot dogs, you know, made by a very, a dumb, a dumb guy. So the first three we're okay with. It starts to get a little bit sexual by like the third or fourth one. And, but it's kind of cheeky. You know, everyone in the room is like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, yeah, it's funny, I get it. But then it gets way too sexual, way too fast, and nobody likes that. And he's just yelling about the hot dogs, and he's unveiling posters all over the place. There's hot dogs in ladies' mouths in the posters. There's one poster that's just a bunch of girls sitting around a campfire, and the bottom half of a dude and just like a close-up of his dick. <laughs> or, okay, you don't see a dick when it's a dick area. But it's a hot dog. But it's a hot dog. Final unveiling is this like life-size woman whose boobs are out, and then he's like, it's a hot dog. And he waits to be like, get it? And everyone's like, nope, bye. <laughs> Quick side note about the emphasis on hot dog. The summer after I graduated college, I worked at college as a tutor. I I lived on campus. It was me and this guy that I don't know, and these two other guys were in another bedroom. Like, we were in a dorm with, like, four people, two bedrooms of two each, right? The first day, the other two guys come in. They're, like, reeking of weed. They're like, hey, if you guys need any pot or pans... After he left, we're like, did he really did he pause real long after pot? We're like, yeah, no, I, got, I thought I imagined that. But, like, it's the same thing. It's like, are you picking up what I'm putting down? But anyway, yes, it's a hot dog. Get it? Like, it's a hot woman with a hot dog. It's a hot dog. But it's not a dog. It's a woman. Yeah, he's terrible at his job is basically what it comes down There's to. also he one part in the middle where he starts, like, yeah. he starts, like, unveiling posters that are trying to sexualize the hot dog. And he, like, looks at one of the women, one of the two women in the room, mm. and he's like, she gets it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I feel like we missed the scene where he did, like, three huge rails of cocaine before going into that meeting. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, there's an R-rated cut out there, and I need to see it. Like, <laughs> cursing. There's no cursing in this movie, really. Like, that I found hard to believe. There's no nudity of all the suggested nudity. Well, we it does open on Keanu's ass, I suppose, so we get that much. Yeah, it's just really weird how the rest of the film's really tame. Maybe that scene's trying to make a point. Don't get so raunchy. Like, this way too raunchy here. This is a family affair. Uh, is this a family film? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. But no, they're trying to form not. some kind of family with that Abner kid and everything. It's weird things going on in San Francisco. I tried to keep tally of how many times he said hot dog, but it, I couldn't. There's a great scene where he's like eating hot dogs in his house, trying to like 
get inspiration and everything and he comes up with like this cardboard cutout of a woman whose like hair is on fire and stuff like that and <laughs> and she's just a pinup you know and it's like that isn't a mascot like the design and you know aside from the concept the design and the and everything was just way off like I would have just gone with like an actual dog made up as a hot dog body with a dog head and feet or something, you know? Like everyone can kind of get behind that. He had to sort of flex his chauvinist muscle in the room there. Probably Chaz pitched him that that real dog thing. That's probably <laughs> what they went with with Chaz. I'm curious to know like what the original thing was before he changed it because you're right that he's like supposed to be the best at what he does because he has all those awards, but it's like what they're was literally it before? just handing him awards when he walks into the office. Yeah. They're like, oh, you got another one. It's just like a character trait. It's like, it reminds me of the movie Scrooge, where like Bill Murray's being yeah. handed awards and it's like, oh, just so you know, he's like amazing at his job because like he's going to lose his job or something's going right, to come into totally. play with that. It's his life, you know? And so if he doesn't have that, he doesn't have an identity. I'm looking right now on IMDb at who wrote this. The guy who wrote the original got a credit on this one. I don't know if he did any work. It looks like he's still alive. It's this guy, Herman Roucher. The other guy who wrote the screenplay, this was the first thing he ever wrote. Five years later, he'd write a movie that I've never heard of that has only a thousand ratings on IMDb, then wouldn't write anything for ten years until he would write Rock Dog, which came out two years ago. Whoa, wait. He wrote a movie called Rock Dog? Oh, yeah, you don't know about Rock Dog? It's like an animated movie where a dog is a rock star. But, I mean, there's just, like, so many dogs <laughs> in this movie and a hot dog and everything. Like, it's just, it's like, that's his niche. Like, that's what he's down with. Like, just give him he's the new Benji guy. movie. Yeah, he should have been writing A Dog's Purpose, too. Whoa, okay, the guy who directed it is this guy, Pat O'Connor, I think? Yeah. And he hasn't directed anything else I've heard of, but he directed a movie called The January Man. Oh, so this oh. guy's got a thing for months. Only months. For huh. that guy. Interesting. Does anybody have anything else they want to say about Sweet November before we get on to the games things? I feel like we could keep making fun of it, but I want to move on. For some reason, we're probably going to wind up talking about this movie. Like, we're probably going to do, like, a Michael Rosenbaum podcast, Mike, and then, like, have to do this, you know. <laughs> we're going to do, like, 900 episodes of Smallville and then this movie, so... Um, anything else, Darcy? Any any last thoughts about Sweet November? There was one line that Keanu said to Charlize, like outside the DMV, that I thought might have been like an ode to Devil's Advocate, where he goes, like she, they're talking about redemption, and he just says, "Well, I guess I'm going to hell." And like, oh, there's like oh. a pause. There's like a pause, and then they like continue talking. And I was like, was that just like a shout out to Devil's Advocate? <laughs> Other than that, besides, like, he kind of gives, like, weak American Psycho vibes in the beginning. That's what I always think of. <laughs> Bateman. I used to, I mean, when this movie came out, I loved it because I loved, like, stupid rom-coms. But watching it again as, like, a fully formed adult, it's got so many flaws. Before I go to Jordan, I wanna, I'm going to say a quote that I wrote down between each of these final thoughts. He says to Charlize, how'd you find me? She says, I'm smart. Doesn't explain how, just says, I'm smart. So that's the movie saying hey i'm a smart lady jordan what else do you have to say about uh, sweet november before we get to the games not that much i hated it i was offended by it but i did cry when ernie came back <laughs> so ernie was also <laughs> in the ernie. movie as good as it gets he's a gets. dog yeah. of multiple movies oh really that's that dog okay but can we talk about for a second i meant to bring this up when we we're talking about that scene he does a nice thing for Charlize, but he steals a dog from a family yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, one step forward, two steps back, I guess. 
Yeah, he's not that different. It's only been like 28 days or something. The next quote I'm going to read is, this isn't a dress, this is a sequin sensation from Chaz Cherry. Mm. So I like that. Mike, any other thoughts about Sweet November? I was on the floor laughing after he burst out of the Frank Langella meeting. First of all, that whole meeting had me in stitches. I was just fucking dying <laughs> of laughter, just how hard he was coming down on that waitress. I was like, you're, you, uh. sir, you, I, mean, I hope a piano falls on your head or something, dude. Like, when he goes out and his buddy, like, follows him, he goes, you just shit in God's face? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I fucking lost my mind because that just made no sense to me. There's at least two Match.com billboards in this movie. Yes, I was keeping <laughs> track of this, too. <laughs> so this movie's brought to you by Match.com. Just, you know, I've used Match.com and I'm not with any of those people anymore, so <laughs> this is not an endorsement of the movie or of the website. And lastly, like, um, there's just another reference. I wondered if this was a reference to uh, Little Buddha. He said to Charlize, uh, I guess my third eye's not opened yet. Mm. Uh, so that made me think of the Buddha. And that's it. I hope uh, to probably never watch this movie again. And I think my favorite line of the movie is when they're in the bathtub. Keanu says, I looked at your website the other night. Your sister's pretty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not go to sublimepets.com, her website, because when we did Transformers 2, mm-hmm. I went to that website and it was like some Chinese spam site or something. So I was afraid to go to sublimepets.com, but if anybody out there wants to go to, I guess, Charlize's website in this movie, sublimepets.com. Did it work or no? Well, I spelled it wrong, so it didn't work. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, No, it's not real. Somebody owns it, but it's not a real website. Somebody Somebody who saw this movie. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so that's that's all I got. You were both on in the first ten episodes of Watch the Throne. Since then, we have a new game. It's called the Pitch a Sequel Game. So we have nine different genres that we're going to get randomly assigned, and we're going to each pitch a sequel to Sweet November with a different genre. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Okay. Jordan, I'm going I'm to put the pressure on you. You're going to go first, Jordan, all okay. right? So we have nine different genres. I will not say which they are. I'm just going to tell you which one you get. Okay. You have number three. So this is already basically this kind of movie, but you need Uh-oh. to pitch Sweet November 2 as an Oscar bait movie. That a movie basically just made to get Academy Award nominations. Okay, Keanu Reeves, uh, Nelson, 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 sure. what's yep. his name? Mm-hmm. So Charlize Theron passes away. He moves into her apartment and adopts uh, the kid. What's the kid's name? Abner. Abner, because uh, Abner's not. Jordan, dies. that's not a kid. That's a girl. What? <laughs> There's that's a line what? in this movie where those older boys are like, "That's not a kid. That's a girl." They're like, "Ha ha ha ha." So I terrible. don't remember that, and I legitimately just got worried that I remembered the movie <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, no. Okay, so Charlize dies, and also Abner's mom dies. Keanu moves into Charlize's apartment, adopts Abner, and then Chaz Cherry also moves in, and they are a family together. Nice. An unconventional Love family. Love it. Would watch. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right, Darcy, your genre, have we had this one before? We have. I feel like I'm using a number randomizer. There's com- there's ones that we just haven't had. But Darcy, you need to pitch Sweet November 2 as though it's a sci-fi movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to cheat and use Keanu's new movie. 
but I was gonna say Charlie dies and he clones her, but that's just replicas. Um, <laughs> well, you can make it make it Sweet November's two. Sweet no- oh wait, actually, hold on. Pause for a second, Jordan. Do you have a subtitle for Sweet November two for your movie or no? Uh, Sweet November two. November lives on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Darcy, you can do replicas if you want, or you can come up with a different idea. It's totally up to you. There's no wrong answers here. I basically pitched Bioshock as a sequel to Men of Honor, so uh, there's no wrong answer here. (laughs) Okay, well, I think I'm going to go with my first thing that I talked about earlier to where Sweet November 2, she's not dead, and instead she has a laboratory below her apartment where she is... Mm. I don't know. What does she have? She has men in, like, test tubes or something. Like a cure a cure for wellness. Or something. A cure for something. She's like creating this thing and like Keanu comes like figures out that she's evil and like comes back to like fight her with space cool. guns. Cool. Why not? And then do you have a name for your Sweet November two? Uh Sweet November two, the first one never happened. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Alright, Mike, your genre, drum roll right. please. And I'm bad at this is Oh, this is a new one, Mike. There's no better person, Mike, of any of us to get Uh-oh. sports movie. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yes! for crying out loud. Wait, what? We have So this is the fifth time we're doing this. We have not had a sports movie pitch yet. So Sweet November 2 as a sports movie. Hmm. As a reference point, there is boating in this movie. There's beaches in this movie if you want to do some beach sports. Again, no wrong answers. However you want to go with this, Sweet November 2 but it's a sports movie. Oh, unbelievable. I can't believe I got this. Well, I can't go with baseball because he does that with uh, with the little kids in hardball, so he can't teach Abner baseball. I can't do football because he does that sport also. You know what I'm thinking I'm going to have to go with is uh, I'm going to go with golf this time because we were just talking about it, I think, in the last episode. I guess what it's going to... But how do you weave in, like... Oh man, I have no idea. This is man. your challenge. This is not for us. This is all I'm so <laughs> caught off guard with this. No lifelines. <laughs> well, that is that is just. Oh man, we're gonna be here all night. I'm gonna say Keanu, you know, sticking around San Francisco, helping out with Abner on the weekends, ends up sort of, I guess, running that scout leadership thing. You remember that? Like that's where yeah, the, the yacht racing was going on. <laughs> where can you where can you go that it just doesn't turn into a conventional like inspirational sports film where where Keanu is is teaching Abner. I know that there is another San Francisco movie that has its heart very close to football and just some pals throwing footballs around. So if you want to maybe take some inspiration there. <laughs> well, you mean like Keanu is getting married? I don't understand where you're going. They're going to throw yeah, around maybe. the football in tuxedo. Sure. No, I really, I, th- I really think that Keanu's character is destined to be alone. That this is that is the main thread of the film. Is that beyond the sports, beyond the golf, and teaching the kids golf, and Abner will will learn to have gone on to become like a golf champion, and at the end of the movie, you know, in the child's golf champion. None of that matters because what matters is that the Keanu character is keeping Charlize's memory sacred and has abstained for the rest of his life for being with any other person uh, and is keeping her to himself and they're, you know, they will be together forever. It's kind of like at the end of Bagger Vance how Bagger Vance is about like learning to appreciate life. Like he's using sports as a metaphor for keeping memory alive. Sure. 
There you go. And do you have a do you have a subtitle? Or maybe just called Sweet November Two: The Sports Edition. The sweetest of Novembers. Oh, okay. You go back and listen to the last few episodes. I am terrible at this game. Like for for all the movies I talk and all the movies I watch, like I just cannot pitch one on the spot like this. I have straight to DVD. There's an. I'm trying to see how many other. There is at least one that I feel like we've maybe done eight of nine. We've done straight to DVD before, but all right. So Sweet November 2, straight to DVD. The only rules that we sort of have for this is that like probably can't get the big names back. Plus, if it's a straight to DVD movie, Keanu's probably not in it. So instead, we focus on Chaz Cherry and Michael Rosenbaum. Do we have a, what's his character's name? I feel like it was like Clint or something like that. His name is Brandy. No, Brandon. Brandon Brandy? Brandon Brandy? Oh, right. Yeah, there we go. Brandon Brandy. Okay. I don't know if I want to do it like this, because I feel like a straight-to-DVD sequel about, you know, why is Harriet so hairy? Okay, so that's... Okay, so Sweet November 2, colon, why is Harriet so hairy? Which is apparently (laughs) the book that is the be-all, end-all of understanding transvestites. Like, that's exact. That's almost verbatim what Keanu <laughs> says. Like, here's yeah. a book all about explaining these people downstairs who you're closer to than anybody in the world, but in case you need to know why they do what they do, here's a kid's book about it. That was weird. I didn't like that at all. No. It's super weird. I also want to know, why are those gifts not themed to months? Like, I guess it's 12 days of Christmas, <laughs> but, like, why don't you have a January gift and a February mm-hmm. gift and a March gift and, like... Oh, because you're you're better at this than he is. Yeah, there's practically a holiday every month, so, right. Okay, so the straight-to-DVD sequel. I don't know if I want to do that, because I feel like that would cheapen their story. They're the best part of this movie. Okay, here's what it's going to be. Okay. Sweet November 2, Abner's story. And yes. we follow Abner, and he is this kid who's picked on, who's bullied, who's super into boats for some reason, loves going down to the docks, loves playing with his toy boats, you know, maybe befriends that guy with the submarine who sinks all the bullies' boats, (laughs) which is still a great thing. But then one day, it's raining, he's walking down the street, and then he gets lured over to the sewer grate, and and somebody asks him, do you want to play? And then Abner then goes down underground, under San Francisco, Uh which doubles as Derry, Oh, he floats no. too. He floats too. So it's Abner's story, and it's sort of a straight-to-DVD horror sequel that nobody asked for, where <laughs> he basically befriends a San Franciscan clown um, who maybe is also a transvestite, because apparently that's important to the story. So yeah, so that's what it is. So it's just it's, it has no mention of Keanu, <laughs> no mention of Charlize. It's just the kid from the movie that nobody remembers, but he's the star of Sweet November Two. I love it. Starring Haley Joel Osment. They recast the kid. Haley Joel Osment today. Like a slow Joey <laughs> in the role. Haley Joel Osment was just on X Files this week in two different roles. So he that shaved, was, uh, right? He shaved his big old beard. Yes, yes, he did. Slow sip, Joseph. But yeah, so that was so that was that. So thank you all for your contributions to the pitch a sequel game. So now the now the time has come. What is this movie good or bad enough at to nominate for good things, bad things in the Golden Wallpapers, the Golden Teeth, the Grills Awards? whatever we're going to call them. Is this bad enough to nominate for worst film? Hmm. Maybe. Probably. I mean, I mean if, it was got, if it was nominated for a... Razzie. Yeah, for a Razzie, it must be really bad. I feel like we're going to have a best of the worst category, Joey, because this is like now up there with Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Right. Because Best I, of the worst. <laughs> I love Urban Harvest because of like, it's just this horrible 
part three straight to VHS Children of the Corn movie. That makes no sense. It is amazing. <laughs> uh, and this is sort of the same. It's like this, you know, rom-com, serious drama, sick person movie that makes no sense and is kind of like terribly amazing. So, you know, actually with that in mind, I'm going to move The Astronaut's Wife from worst film to best of the worst. Because okay. I feel like it's a different kind of bad than Celebrity or Hollywood Confidential or Reindeer Games. Oh, like, Reindeer sure. Games is yeah. close to Best mm-hmm. of the Worst, but it's not mm-hmm. quite there. Yeah. Um, but I do like that, the Best of the Worst category. We now have three for that, three for Worst, and two for Best, including the near masterpiece, The Yards. <laughs> I don't think a role is good enough or bad enough to be Best or Worst roles. It's not necessarily sexist. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> as bad as celebrity? No, but in a different, more fleshed out way it is. Well, I think in that regard, every single movie that we've done is the most sexist film. Like, they're all not good. You could have, like, best slash worst manic pixie dream girl. True. Oh. As a category. Would it be best slash worst? Like, or is it just like... No, 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 that's the category. Best slash worst. Okay. It's, it's the most extreme example. The most extreme... Yes. Most extreme manic pixie dream girl. I mean, trial and error. I mean, I'm not sure yep. that's ever going to get beat. She literally like got a flat tire pulled over to the side of the road and decided to live where she broke down. <laughs> like, I am never going to get over that ever, Joey, ever. <laughs> but was that real or did she lie about that? No, that had to be real. I, if that's not real, then it betrays her entire character because that's how she lives, by the seat of her pants, just whatever she wants. Is she a Manic Pixie Dream Girl in Cider House Rules or no? Maybe of that era, right? Okay. Because that's a period piece. That's like a, a 1940s, 1940s Manic Pixie Dream Girl. <laughs> no accent. This has got to be worse love story. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of surprised she didn't pull a wacky accent on him at some point. <laughs> Best song for the Enya? I mean, it's definitely memorable. They used it at least three times. I'm surprised that they don't use it over the closing credits, which is sort of I surprising. know. Or like the DVD menu or anything. Or like, it's not the score throughout the entire movie. What's the name of that song? It's called, Is a Ho- Who Can Say? Only Time. Only Time. Only, yeah. yeah. Time After Time would have been great in this, though. Yeah, that would have. It's a terrific song. Was that song written for this movie? No. No. <laughs> Are we has sure? Her own thing happening. I think yes. that was written for a fountain commercial. The day it was written. In, oh, it was written in 2000. Okay. Enya's got her own thing happening. She doesn't need this movie. <laughs> if anything, yeah, Enya doesn't want this in in this. But movie. what was that song that was written for City of Angels? That was like a huge song. Oh, that was Goo Goo Dolls Iris. No, there was two of them. So there is that one, and there is also the um, Sarah McLachlan one. Oh, you're right. That's it. Yeah, but the, from the dog commercials from the animals commercials yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only other category that we have existing that we might want to nominate something for does key so we already nominated for keanu for best male role for devil's advocate do we nominate him for worst role here or mike is he not as bad um, as jeff daniels in two days in the valley johnny depp and astronaut's wife kenneth branagh and Cele- i mean nothing's as bad as kenneth oh, branagh no, and celebrity like, or toby mcguire as homer wells oh oof, no like yeah he's way better than all those guys <laughs> even as bad as it is <laughs> like again i just feel like it's the part it's not the performer like i mean yeah. you know like it's just miscast here like keanu's doing what he can it's just he's too cool for this part I, I, like i said i need more of like a ben stiller so i i have to say no I'm going to give him a break today. Plus, we also spent hundreds of hours of our life watching his movies and talking about him. And to say he was terrible in this movie.
movie makes us look bad a little bit. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. Any last, last thoughts about Sweet November before we officially wrap up? Do you think that they could make this movie today? I think they probably do make this movie today. Like, I'm sure that there's... Here's a question. Is this a gender-swapped 50-50? What's... What's oh, 50... I didn't oh, see I didn't that see that, but I know about it. I never uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets cancer. I think he... Spoiler alert, maybe beats, beats it, cancer? Right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's what I heard. But it's, it's kind of that, like, hey, I only have a little bit of time left to live. But that's also, like, Let's more do... of a comedy. But there's also, like, the pathos in there, so I don't know. I don't really remember that movie, but I do think it was probably a much better movie than this. And the protagonist was the person who had cancer in that. Right. Mm, right, yeah. It wasn't in this. Yeah, I don't think anything would stop them from trying. I just... <laughs> I don't I don't know if there is much a much better version. I don't know if we can get any better that it's worth trying again like i mean one thing that could help is if the audience is at least clued in that she's sick so that we can sort of track her a little better and and again if it's entirely from her point of view and perspective then again it might play better also much more in depth into her world and stuff yeah i don't think they should (laughs) i think just leave well enough alone (laughs) unless you're turning into a sports movie in which case green light the shit out of it hollywood oh yeah definitely make any of the ones that we pitched I don't know. Like, I feel like when we did our Hollywood Tycoon game, those were all better versions of movies. I feel like these sequels mm-hmm. are, like, the weirdest cousins of these movies that could, like, ever be imagined. <laughs> like, not fully fleshed out. None of them really make sense. They're all a little bit illogical, but they're also all made from places of genuine joy and happiness and wonder. Um, and I would like to see any of these sequels over this movie again. But I own it, so maybe I'll watch it again. Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, this is it is March 9th as this comes out. I want to, you know, at, this, at the end of the show, I want to plug a podcast on our network. In the past month or so, and the next week or so, I hope, we've oh, added yes. like five new podcasts to our network. You guys are busy. We've added The Contenders and Winona Forever and Third Time's a Charm. And hopefully a Daredevil podcast about the comics, Billy Club. And also exciting news, which this is a uh, teaser taster sneak peek for Jordan and Darcy. We've added the Real Bad podcast to our network, which is a pre-existing podcast. He wanted to join us. We, we love his podcast, Friends with Tobin. So they're part of our podcast network too now. So cool. instead of plugging one show, just go to cageclub.me and check out all, I think, like 18 of our shows now or something. Wow. We've got a crazy amount of shows going on. Every time somebody does one that I have nothing to do with, that I don't have to edit or be on, like, by all means, go do your thing. Like, Darcy, if you want a podcast, just like, <laughs> if I don't have to do any work on it, like, let's get it done. Like, just keep okay. making this bigger. You know, okay. go listen to Wistful Thinking, Jordan's podcast, which I was just on three episodes of. Hey, Jordan, after we finish olympics month what do you know what you're doing <laughs> shortly after olympics or no uh you know we haven't been that good at planning that far ahead these days we've actually watched a couple of things that haven't made it to the podcast yet uh among them are empire records and bridget jones diary i hope those show up because especially bridget jones i don't want to have watched that for no reason <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of these podcasts is, like, I didn't have a reason to watch something. Now I do. Although the inverse of that is, like, I watched this piece of shit. Now I need a reason to have watched it. So I guess that's the inverse. Like, I'm glad that I have a podcast that I can talk about things or whatever. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, go to cageclub.me. Check out Wistful Thinking. I'm just trying to do a little bit of mental math. So the Ice Princess episode came out on February 8th, which Mm -hmm. means that the Mighty Ducks episode will come out on the 22nd. 
which means that yesterday would have been the most recent wistful thinking, which as of right now is a question mark. So big old surprise. Big old surprise. Maybe Bridget Jones. Maybe Maybe Empire Records. Spice World. Oh. If it wasn't already in the pantheon of greatness because of how did this get made, I feel like maybe, although maybe it's too old for you guys or too recent, uh, from Justin to Kelly sort of fits into that oeuvre too of that like Spice World. Oh yeah, but mm-hmm. I was definitely too old when that came out and I didn't same. see it. And it's same, also, same. it's one of my favorite How Did This Get Made episodes. Like it's one that I'll listen to over and over again. Never has a sarong felt so right. <laughs> even. Is that the one where they're like, Roger Ebert looks like my nana.com. Is that from that episode? It's from one of the Nick Kroll episodes. Nick Kroll in the Olympic at the Olympics right now. I know. I'm really liking his um, Instagram right now. Me too. Yeah, so I could never watch that the same. I'm pretty sure that you. it is a curse when Jordan has a podcast or is on a podcast that the end never actually gets. Like, when we recorded The Ice Prince <laughs> as Wistful Thinking, there was 20 minutes of, like, Jordan and Carol looking at eyelashes online where I was just like, I know, eyebrows, I'm sorry, eyebrows <laughs> and eyelashes. Eyebrows. eyebrows. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is something that we're doing now, I guess. <laughs> So yeah, so when Jordan's on, we're just like, it's just like a hangout session that never wants to end. So anyway, go listen to Wistful Thinking. Go listen to Third Time's a Charm. Mike, are you doing yours monthly? Is it going to be monthly, or do you not have a release schedule yet for it? At the moment, at least for March, April, and May, it's going to be monthly. Yeah, so... Cool. Yeah, so coming up next month, the third dimension is Terror in Jaws 3D. Oh, So check that out next month. Terrifying. But anyway, thank you both, Jordan and Darcy, for being on this podcast. I think this might be Darcy's final one. Jordan has one more to come uh, that she spoiled earlier in the episode. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) And we don't know if uh, Charlize and Keanu will ever, they might, you know, they might get together and do something, and Darcy is going to have to come back. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. We've already made that agreement. Yes. Well, well, thank you so much. But Darcy will be back on whatever podcast we do next after this is all said and done. So go check out past episodes that they've both been on, To the Bone, the Keanu Club Awards, Devil's Advocate, and then for Jordan, go listen to Dog Eat Dog, I guess, maybe? Go listen to the... Actually, just go listen to the Wild of Heart episode. No, go listen to Dream to Believe. And just listen to the part where I laugh about hot dogs for five minutes. <laughs> then go listen to Dog Eat Dog and listen to the part where I laugh about them turning into human hot dogs for five minutes. <laughs> and then listen to this with the hot dogs again. Hot dog trifecta. Well, anyway, for all things Cage Club, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, at cageclubpod on Twitter. Find all of our shows. Find Wistful Thanking. Find all the new shows. All that sort of fun stuff at those places email us watch at cageclub.me i should probably put this earlier in the episode where people actually hear it but it is what it is i'm joey lewandowski and i'm mike manzi and that was jordan Pullen clark and darcy debose and we will see you next time on watch the throne who can say